0: Good morning. It is Friday, August 25th. It is five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're glad you're listening this morning. We appreciate that. Hopefully you're finding someplace cool to hang out today. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. And my name is Casey Daniels and I'm there at Casey Daniels 317. Of course, I'm on YouTube right now. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. All right, Rob, let's talk about what's going on with Ron DeSantis. After that debate, he earned another 21 endorsements from state and county officials across the United States after the GOP presidential debate. And uh, that puts him over the 300 state level for endorsements, which is more than any other Republican candidate. But here's the big question. Does it matter?
1: Well, uh, let me get to that in just a second. I did want to remind everybody to stick around because coming up later on in the hour, our oh, yeah. friend Kristen Furclick is going to join us. And uh, she has done some phenomenal investigative reporting about public education in the state of Indiana. And there's a new app out that kids across the state, especially here in central Indiana, are being exposed to, and it is very alarming for a lot of parents when they learn their kids are potentially being able to use this reporting app, for lack of a better description. So we're going to have her on later on in the show. I did want to promote that so that everybody, if you've got a kid in public school in the state of Indiana, especially here in central Indiana, you need to stick around for that. All right. So to your question about DeSantis, no, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like, it's like, like... No, There was a time, probably, Casey, like, say, 30 years ago, where if your U.S. representative endorsed somebody, you probably said, well, hey, Fred so-and-so is for so-and-so running for president, and gosh darn it, I love Fred so-and-so, so I am too. I think in the modern world, endorsements mean absolutely nothing because people are so largely detached and disappointed in their politicians as a collective that in many cases, an endorsement might actually work against a politician because I don't want to know how many members of the establishment ruling class support somebody because I'm against most of them.
0: We did that story a few days ago where more people trust what Donald Trump says versus their family. Can you imagine, do you trust an endorsement more than your own gut instinct? I think you're going to find most people say no. So to your point, yeah, it probably doesn't matter that much. Uh, But it is interesting to see who is endorsing who. And somebody from the Illinois Senate, uh, the Illinois Senate Deputy Republican Leader, uh, said about Ron DeSantis, and this kind of goes back to the uh, Stop It app, which uh, you and Chris are going to talk about later. She said, as a mom, I'm concerned about what our children are being taught in the classroom and what kind of country we will inherit. Ron DeSantis is the only candidate who can be trusted to fight for my family the same way he fights for his.
1: Casey, so, let, me you, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What percentage of people do you think, and I think you could, but what percentage of people, hearing our, even people hearing our voice right now, who? Uh, let's ask this as a two-part two-part question. One, percentage of people hearing our voice right now, and two, then we'll ask people as a collective can tell you who their state rep and their state sena- senator are.
0: Hmm. I, I would guess it's pretty low.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I guarantee if you st- stopped right now, 10 people on the street, and said, can you name me your state rep and your state sen- senator, maybe, maybe 10%, maybe one out of 10 could actually tell you who both of those people are. This is why the endorsement thing, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, especially, especially you know, very local people. Also, let's say Todd Young came out tomorrow and said, boy, I'm really for Ron DeSantis. Wouldn't that make you think twice about (laughs) being for Ron DeSantis? Ron
0: DeSantis would make me go, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Well, and we talked about this when it comes to the governor's race, because Eric Holcomb has not endorsed uh, Silent Suzanne. And I posed the question, does she want his endorsement?
1: Well it's interesting you, you say that because uh, I now have a very good authority that she made it abundantly clear and look it's it's easy to, she didn't
0: want it, did she do,
1: yeah, but it's easy to do that after you, you it kind of becomes maybe sort of clear you're not getting it, or if you did mm. get it, it would be begrudgingly to go, i didn't even want it so you I just don't think the politician endorsement matters anymore. most people don't have any idea who these people, especially the local people, are, and for those that do it's a it's a double edged sword because a lot of people don't even like the politicians
0: okay. So So what uh, DeSantis has in endorsements, he's still lacking in the poll numbers. As of yesterday morning, he's sitting in second place nationally. And this is according to this uh, 538 poll where he's at 14 percent and Donald Trump is sitting sweetly at 51 percent. So even with the endorsements, it's not really helping. Um, The state that Ron DeSantis is performing the worst in right now is Pennsylvania, where he has lost a lot of traction.
1: Okay, so this is really fascinating because, you know, I love golf, Casey. Mm -hmm. So kind of what's going on now, it really jives up with um, what's going on with in professional golf, which is this week is the FedEx championship. And for those who know, the FedEx championship is the culmination of an entire season on the PGA Tour. And the top 30 players get to play. And the winner takes home 18 million dollars if you win the tournament. And what they do with the FedEx is they do what they call staggered scoring to start. So the guy who has the most points in the FedEx, he starts at 10 under. And number 30 in the FedEx, he starts at even. So the guy at even starts literally 10 shots behind the best player. So for the guy who's at even to win that tournament, everything would have to go absolutely perfect Mm -hmm. for the guy at even. He would have to play four of the greatest rounds of his life. And those guys at the top with the staggered scoring who are the best players in the world would just all have to have bad weeks at the same time. It never happens because that's not how it works. One of the really good players is going to play at least decent, and the guy at even is so far behind, there's no path for him to the top, and that's where DeSantis is. He had that path. In the beginning, he was the guy at even, and Trump was the guy at 10 under, where where if, boy, if I just came out of the gate and I shot nine under the first day and he didn't have a great day, then I'm, I'm right in it. But that, that hasn't happened. He's over par, and the guy he was chasing, who was 10 shots back, Trump, is under par.
0: Well, sure. And in that scenario, you could say with these indictments, the competition is making mistakes, but it still doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> well, it's like hitting the ball into a tree, Casey, and it falls right out on the green three feet away from the cup. That's kind of what's <laughs> going on
0: with Trump. Well, Well, you know, a lot of people were wondering, would Ron DeSantis be able to kind of recapture that conservative voter energy that he had before his gubernatorial election? And that was a big victory for him. But it doesn't seem like that that's parlaying to excitement nationwide. I mean, people in Florida are still behind him, but across the rest of the country, he's not really gaining any traction to minimize Trump's impact on the base. Let's talk about what's going on with these food stamps. Did you see this? This is uh, upsetting. Biden's food stamp expansion linked to 15% jump in grocery prices. You know, we've been talking about the prices of groceries and how high they are. And every time you go to the grocery store, you can't imagine you walk out with fewer items and it's so expensive. And now there's this new report that is saying that part of the reason your groceries are so expensive is because of the Biden administration's food stamp expansion. So what do we have here? Just another example of the government flooding the market with money because in reality the food stamps are like money and uh, big government is why we're paying more. The government did this to us.
1: Yeah, Casey, anytime the government manipulates anything, it's going to throw chaos into whatever process they're manipulating. Your man is big time into collectibles, and Mm -hmm. he does that for his living. And he will tell you that in 2020 and 2021, prices of collectibles were a level of ridiculous never before seen. And now that they have leveled back out the collectibles market, people have lost some, in some cases millions of dollars because they paid stupid prices. Why did they do that? Because the government was manipulating the money supply. The government was devaluing the dollar, and people said, well, i got to have somewhere for my money to go. Let's try collectibles. And that obviously has had immense boom for some people who sold and now bust for people who held on, etc. Same thing is going on here. When you throw money at people and you're throwing money at people not to work and you're injecting eight trillion dollars into the money supply. The money has to go somewhere. Everybody's going to eat. And if you're making more money by not working than you were when you were working, which is happening in some cases, you're going to buy more groceries, Mm -hmm. which is going to raise the price because the amount of groceries is not keeping up and everything's now more expensive.
0: Okay, so overall spending on this program, it's more than doubled between 2019 and 22, going from four and a half billion dollars in 2019 to 11 billion in 22 and this expansion this is according to the Congressional Budget Office it's expected to cost us us taxpayers more than one trillion dollars over the next decade. So Oliver Anthony had a point when he said when you're five foot three and you're buying you know and you're overweight and you're buying the fudge rounds it's costing everybody else money. money.
1: I saw uh, – you know how Facebook will tell you, on this day, blah, 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 years mm-hmm. ago or whatever. I saw a, a photo the other day of – in the early days of Obama's Obama's administration. So this must have been like 2010 this photo was taken. There was a sign in central Indiana by a guy who was very conservative. He was a business owner, and he used to do conservative sayings and quotes on his, on his sign. And one of them was the statistic of the amount of people – who had gone on food stamp stamps under Obama in those first couple of years, and it was like a third more people. It was like 15 million more people in the first two years of Obama were on food stamps than previously before he took office. This is what the Democrats do, and this is this is what not just the Democrats, but this is what people, many Republicans who are addicted to big government and the legalized vote buying do. Because if I give you something, then you're beholden to me for giving it to you. It's the same reason Holcomb kept the emergency declaration in Indiana open way past when, you know, hey, everybody's going to work again and everybody's mingling at bars and restaurants again. We were still under emergency de- declaration. Why? Because Holcomb was getting huge amounts of money from the federal government for Medicaid, which is Obamacare. And he was using that for legalized vote buying.
0: Mm -hmm. So the prices of margarine and eggs have increased by more than 50 percent since 2019. And that's according to the Labor Department. And also the price of frozen vegetables rose by about 36 percent over the past couple of years. It is 17 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIB. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We've been spending a lot of time today talking about weight. Of course, Donald Trump's weight at 215, at least uh, that's what was uh, put on his, I I don't even know what you call it, his booking sheet. Uh, And then we had Hammer come in the studio and he did his Friday weigh in and he weighed in at 257.6. Rob, how much you weigh?
1: I weigh 163-ish pounds right now. My driver's license weight is 155.
0: Okay, the reason I ask is because of this story that says uh, Korean Air, which is South Korea's flagship airline, they plan to weigh their passengers before they board flights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're going to begin measuring the weight of their passengers. Now, this does include their carry-on baggage, and it is for domestic flights. And uh, this is going to start on Monday.
1: Um, Is this because it uses more fuel if you're uh, heavier?
0: It doesn't really say, but I would gather that's it. It has something to do with, you know, the safety and...
1: Well, How I, much weight could,
0: can they put on a plane? Well,
1: wait. So you say safety all you want. I think they're concerned about the heavier somebody is, the more fuel it takes. And wouldn't this be a, a precursor to the idea of saying, hey, Chubby, if you're going to weigh a certain amount and take a certain amount of fuel, we're going to charge you more based on what you're, you're, it's costing us to get you somewhere.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, OK, so they found that the average weight for an adult man is 178 pounds. So, you would be no problem at, yeah, one, I'm fine. at 163. Well, look
1: at me. Do I look like I'd be a
0: problem? No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, the average weight for a woman is 152 pounds. So, we're both good. We're both under. I think we, we would skate through. But it's interesting that they're going to do this. Oh, here it is. You're right. Curtail fuel yeah. consumption. Uh-huh. I knew it was and about enhance overall monetarily. flight safety. They yeah. also want to <laughs> distribute aircraft weight. how would you feel you get a tap on the shoulder we're going to need you to move to a different part of the plane because we need to distribute the weight better
1: well, you know, Kev and I had this conversation at one of our mentoring sessions years, years ago, months ago. And, uh, you know, I was talking to him about the physical fitness and the you know, different phases of life, you know, how you judge your physical fitness. And it, it, Kev will tell you, and Kev can pi- pipe in on this, this if he wants. Kev, you work out on the regular, correct? Like, you are – I believe you described yourself as in beast mode the other the <laughs> other uh, day.
0: Yeah, I I aim for about five
2: days a week of uh, exercise,
1: yeah. And Kev, if you've seen Kev, uh, he is a skinny, good looking fella. And, um, you know, one of the things that you will find in life is your correlation for many people to the effort that they put into their physical appearance is their availability on the dating market. And I, at this point, am working out for my physical fitness and my long term health because, well, We all know my wife desperately needs me to be around. However, you know, I think most men would not put as much, or women probably as well, effort into their appearance as they did when they were actively pursuing an interpersonal relationship with a member of the opposite sex.
0: Mm -hmm. The weighing of these passengers is going to take place at the front gates and before boarding. and. (laughs) Of course, there's been some backlash because of it. Uh, some of the passengers raising concerns about their privacy. Uh-huh. And is this something that we can expect to come to the United States? Well, the FAA is
1: It doesn't matter to me, Casey. I don't fly. You you people right. who want to get on the airplanes. If you want to show how chubby or unchubby you are, that's your business. This is a, just another reason for me not to get a, on an airplane.
0: I've, I've had to weigh my luggage in the past. And that's yeah. embarrassing enough if your luggage is over the limit and you have to open up your suitcase and redistribute or maybe get rid of something but could you imagine if you're standing in front of everybody at security and okay we're going to need you to get on this scale no you're over the limit you're going to need to buy another ticket
1: casey your trip you took to florida you drove correct but you are a person who will fly i know you drive a lot but you will fly right i
0: have yes i will fly it's not something that i enjoy and i'd rather drive if it's unless it's going to be west of say denver Uh i would prefer to drive
1: um, okay my so you're probably not the best person to ask this question to um kev may be a better example um because kev is a flyer mm -hmm. although kev takes international trips so this doesn't totally apply but i guess the question to the listener, uh, all of those in listener land would be, at what point does the hassle of flying become too much and you just say, look, screw it, it's less convenient to drive, but I don't have to deal with all of these hassles. The check-in, the, mm-hmm. the TSA, yep. the scanning, yep. the weighing in now, the flight delays, mm-hmm. the cancellations, the sitting on the tarmac. Like, at some point don't you just go, okay, it's an extra five hours for my trip. I'll just drive so I don't have to deal with any and of it. And
0: I think you've nailed it exactly why I drove to Florida on my vacation versus flying, because by the time you do all of that, heck, you might as well be in the comfort of your own vehicle like I mentioned before, with your own snacks, your own yeah. music, your own people and you I, don't have to deal and I, now they're even talking about masking coming back with TSA. yeah
1: yeah yeah see i know and i know we got to get to a break but one of the things i found i used to every two weeks when i own my radio station in north carolina was i used to drive uh, across the country halfway across the country from indiana to north carolina and i used to find great charm and look forward to pulling over at local gas stations and observing the people and how the appearance of the people would change as you moved to the southern part of the country mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as you could tell what state you were in based on the physical appearance of the people around you at the gas station. You
0: don't get to enjoy Bucky's when you fly. But going back to the question <laughs> of will this come to the United States, the FAA has said they currently can allow operators to ask passengers to volunteer their weight and make a <laughs> A reasonable <laughs> estimate if if they think it appears too low
1: uh, that's good stuff
0: okay we've got a few more phone calls we're going to get to and uh biden's health czar has said that uh there's new alcohol recommendations coming to us we'll get into that coming up from 93 <laughs> wibc get down Good morning. It is 1131. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Americans could be urged by officials to drink no more than two beers a week. This is part of new alcohol (laughs) guidelines. Biden's health czar said the USDA could revise its alcohol advice, and, and this is going to be to match Canada's, where people are advised to have just two drinks per week. Current U.S. recommendations say women can have up to one bottle of beer, a small glass of wine, or a shot of spirit a day, while men can have two. So they're talking about going from two drinks a day to to two drinks a week. I mentioned this to Hammer, Rob, uh, during the commercial break, and he looked at me very confused and said, this means nothing to me. All right.
1: Well, there has to be a middle ground, right, between stupid drinking and two drinks a week. That's ridiculous. And and they're always all over the map. Like there's, you know, every year there's some sort of survey. One glass of red wine a night could save you from a heart attack. And then, oh, well, the, drinking too much is going to kill you. They're all over the map. Mm-hmm. Just I, Look, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not offering any sort of medical advice here. But it seems to me you don't have to be one or the other. Can't you just drink <laughs> somewhat
0: responsible? Everything in moderation, right? <laughs>
1: I mean, look, you don't have to be you out with me, you out till three crowd. And I'm guilty of that as anybody. But, uh, you know, kind of as an older adult, I'm learning, hey, just pace yourself and be be a little responsible. Use a little a little decent judgment, Mm Casey.
0: I find it hard to take anything from Biden's health czar, by the way. I mean, this is the same person who's advising mandatory vaccines and, of course, uh, recommending the USDA uh, diet, which which is the standard American diet, which also stands for SAD, when they put all of these carbs and processed foods on the top of the uh, food pyramid. All right, 11.33, we've got a few minutes. Um, I want to give you plenty of time to talk with Kristen Furlick, which is coming up. You guys are going to be talking about the Stop It app, which is in school districts across central Indiana and uh, the dangers and uh, problems that this could potentially cause for students. This is going to be... Excellent to hear from her and what she has found. But before that, uh, a couple phone calls, 317-684-8444. That is the phone number if you'd like to contribute. Rob, you know we are heard from uh, Illinois to Ohio and all points in between, right?
1: Yeah, that's what they tell me.
0: Yeah, we're also heard nationally, of course, for our friends who pick up the podcast and YouTube. And uh, Indiana Joe called in and he wanted to tell you something.
1: Good morning, Rob and Casey. This is Indiana Joe in Texas. Uh, I just wanted to thank you both profusely for the great effort you
2: put in on the debate and uh, the Tucker Carlson thing last night. I didn't watch any of it. uh, I'm old enough. I don't have a lot of time to waste on things that mean absolutely nothing. Uh, (laughs) But I just want to thank you again and tell you I put you right up there with the people who empty my septic tank because they rip through all that sludge and human waste and they make sure if there's anything of value in there that I know about it. And you you did a great job doing that. Unfortunately, there's nothing of value. But keep up the good work and (laughs) keep entertaining us. <laughs> Bye.
0: This is like the person who does the metal detecting on the beach, who's just hoping to find something of value in all of that sand, right?
1: But here's the thing, Casey. You actually did almost all the work on this because, yes, I did watch the debate, but full disclosure, and Biden would be very mad at me, I think I had more than two drinks during the debate. (laughs) And I was just sort of like uh, half ass paying attention slash humorous tweeting about it. And Mm -hmm. Casey actually did all the work on that, pulling all the audio. and. she pulled all the audio from Trump. I did the rest of the template that day. Mm-hmm. But I said, look, Casey, I I can't be trusted to be fair and balanced on this. <laughs> this is your your area as the reasonable person. So actually and we appreciate him listening and thank you for that. But Casey actually deserves all the credit on that because uh, I I I just really didn't do much with that at all. I just made pithy comments about whatever audio she found
0: important. Teamwork makes the dream work. All right. Absolutely. One last phone call quickly. And this is from Jeremiah. And he is a comment about Mike Pence. Jeremiah here, Daily Listener.
1: Um, You are exactly right, Rob. When you said, why don't anybody ask that question just like you asked it? You know, yes or no. You know, do you believe, you know, Joe Biden got 81 million legal votes? Yes or no. It's a simple question. And every time it's asked, like you said, they always dance around it. It's pathetic how scared they are. But you're exactly right on that. And many things that you guys are spot on about. Keep up the good work and thanks for what you do.
0: All right. We appreciate that phone call, Jeremiah. Maybe one of these days uh, Rob will have that chance to ask that question directly. <laughs> you want to bet? <laughs> hey, Kristen Furlick is going to join us next. And uh, we're going to talk about the Stop It app. It's a new app in school districts coming up from 93 WIBC. Chicken man
1: in Philly last night like blew up 93 this WIBC house. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm and Rob Casey's Mama, here and there is a new app available to kids in school districts across central Indiana that is causing some concern among parents. And this has kind of gone quietly under the radar, but it is an app that allows kids to report things about their personal life, including their home life and their families. And joining us now, this lady has been absolutely phenomenal. We've used her many times over the years. She does just great investigative work, finding out about what's going on with public education in the state of Indiana. Her name is Kristen Ferklik. And, Kristen, this is called the Stop It app. Tell us about the Stop It app, what's going on, and why people are concerned.
2: Okay, um, well, I learned about this um, a couple months ago when uh, Brownsburg um, administrators started talking about it. Um, I since learned that it's already in uh, multiple Central Indiana school districts, and um, I started doing a little bit of research, and I've come to learn that it is a very invasive as well as um, an app that has um, a lot of um, very concerning privacy permissions um, that a lot of parents are probably um, unaware of. Um, It it was actually recently rated by um, a group um, called Internet Safety Labs as um, a very high risk application. And um, it's being marketed as an uh, anti-bullying and suicide prevention app but uh, the language is evolving to be used in the wider community, and it's, uh, it's very concerning on many fronts.
1: So some people might say, hey, anti-bullying, uh, anti-suicide, those are things that we should all be able to be behind. But you're talking about other ways it's being used and some cur- concerns that people are having. What are those?
2: Uh, it's, it's uh, well, for one thing, uh, the app. Is it's it's marketed as being completely anonymous for one thing. Um, they push that that uh, factor continually. Um, and anyone that knows anything about any type of of, of application, computer, otherwise realizes that anytime you send anything out into the ether, it is no longer anonymous. Once it crosses the server, that you are trackable. Um, in fact, that's something that we've been preaching to kids, um, that anytime you post anything on social media or elsewhere, you better darn know, you know, darn well know what you're doing because um, that can come back to haunt you. Um, and now all of a sudden, we've switched the narrative and telling them that things are now anonymous, that they can report things on this application, and it's all anonymous. Um, obviously, that is not true. Um, what is concerning is, in addition to it just being in a suicide and anti-bullying app, there encouraging kids to report things that are as vague as anger issues, um, d- discrimination, um, unsafe behavior. And we know in today's environment that that can be extrapolated in, into in, in any number of things.
1: Um, Kristen Kristen Perklick is our guest. We're talking about the Stop It app, which is now being given to uh, kids throughout schools in central Indiana. And so you're you're touching on the, I think, the issue here, right? Everybody's against bullying. Everybody is pro-suicide prevention. But the language and the use is potentially so broad and wide that I think parents at these various schools that are using it, we'll get into who's using it here in just a little bit. They're concerned because they say, hey, how do I know this isn't going to be weaponized against me, considering some parents are getting called terrorists for showing up school board meetings?
2: Uh, Yes, uh, for sure. Um, And speaking of the the, the language, um, once we talk about unsafe environment, um, that language has been used in reference to the transgender issue when we talk about um, kids that are not being affirmed in their homes. I mean, there's been two situations in Indiana where children have been removed from their homes um, using that language of unsafe. So exactly what are we talking about here when we say unsafe? um that we're also you know in, in consideration of firearms is that an unsafe environment um the language here is just very very vague um and as i said the language is evolving um from the from the uh, web uh, or rather the app developers as well as administrators to pushing it to the larger community so while this is being initially marketed to k through 12 students this is being Extrapolated into the larger community as a social reporting app, so I can now report on my neighbor if I think that my neighbor is being unsafe. If I think my neighbor has an 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 anger issue, it is it is the possibilities for this are absolutely endless. Um, They 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 do say that each app has, or rather, each school district has a code that is required to log in however each that that i that i have seen each school district proudly displays them on their website so you can easily log into as a school district and get into the app and start reporting within your own community
1: Kristen Berklick is our guest. We're talking about this new Stop It app that's going to uh, kids at schools throughout central Indiana um, and concerns that are arising from that reporting requirements, et cetera. Um, Okay, so do parents at these various schools, you mentioned Brownsburg, there's many others that are now using this. Do parents have to allow kids to be a part of this, or are, can they opt out of it? What options do parents have, and what sort of disclosures are they getting from the schools about what sort of information can be provided?
2: Uh, from what I have seen, they are simply being informed that the school is now using it. Um, it is essentially coming across as an announcement, and the kids are getting announcements at school, hey, we're now using this. Here's the code, and hey, kids, install this on your device. Or in the case of, say, school issued Chromebooks, it comes preloaded. Um, so, and going back to the privacy concerns, because this app has back end applications where they could track locations, this is has and other things besides just location it it can track other data um, which is not disclosed in the privacy policy Um, there are multiple concerns that we're dealing with here
1: when people express concerns to these school corporations and again we'll get into who is running the using the stop it app now uh, is You live in Brownsburg, so I know you have, others have. What sort of response do they get from the school system? Are there any safeguards in place to say, hey, look, we're going to limit it to just bullying and suicide prevention and making sure we keep kids alive and make sure we keep kids safe? Are there any safeguards that have been put up by these school corporations?
2: I don't believe that they vet these apps adequately. Um or perhaps they don't want to vet these apps adequately. Um, If you go back and review the um, demonstrations and the meetings in Brownsburg, for example, that were presented to the community, um, it was presented as an absolute game changer that now this was a, a a way to track reporting and um, because there's now a, a, a requirement from the state to track this data. And this is a way to do it. And there had been frustration in the past with reports that had come in and tracking this information had been very difficult and nailing down people, parents, community members that were giving um, non-credible reports, was very difficult to figure out who and what was coming in. And this was going to be the be-all and end-all to figure that out.
1: Kristen Furklick is our guest. couple minutes left with her. We're talking about the Stop It app that's becoming available to kids across Central Indiana reporting app. Who gets the information? Let's say, again, you mentioned Brownsburg. Who in Brownsburg gets it? What do they do with it? And what ability do they have to do things with it?
2: The the app developer has a, a clearinghouse of sorts that each report goes through, and then they determined based on the uh, emergency level, so to speak, where it needs to be funneled to. And then it goes out to say, for example, if it is a true emergency, so to speak, they will start sending it out to the uh, school resource officers, that type of thing. If they don't respond within a certain amount of time, then it gets sent to, I believe, emergency services who then respond um, based on... Uh, the type of information that they're getting, they decide where it gets triaged to essentially.
1: Okay. So just to play this out, I'm just thinking this through in my head. Let's say you've got, as we all were at some point, a disgruntled teenager and they're mad at their parents one day because they wouldn't let them go to the movies. Mm -hmm. And the parent uses the stop It app and says, well, my, my dad has multiple firearms in his house and he's got an anger management problem and i'm really concerned for my safety does this turn into a world where we've got police showing up at people's house because of this
2: I, <laughs> that is a very good question and um, i i it's a huge concern i mean i've i have extrapolated in my head multiple situations where you could have a, a several disgruntled people who could make erroneous reports or non-erroneous reports that could, um, based in the world we live in, become, you know, based on the massaging of language and the transformation of language. um, We could have people that become into very dire situations based on language.
1: Well, it also seems like it's open to interpretation of what the person who receives the r- complaint or the report is right? like, of course, my version of, well, your dad has a lot of guns in the house. Does he have a track record of violence? No. So he's a law abiding gun owner. Yes. Well, okay. Then that's not really something worth investigating, but there are people out there who hate guns, who are always looking for reasons to go after people with guns. And so it's really open to the interpretation or the standards or the morals or whatever, of the person who receives the complaint on whether it moves forward.
2: Of course. And if he's an anti-abortion activist, he's automatically an unsafe person. So.
1: Yeah. Again, Kristen Perklik is our guest. Just a couple minutes here left with her about this stop it app. That's going to school corporations across the country. And here's the real danger because we've seen this in Indiana where we have seen a kid taken away from their parents because they did not embrace their transgenderism. And we saw this, this past year, where the Indiana General Assembly had a bill in front of them that would have banned that. They chose not to do that. It's a very high-profile case. It's absolutely happened. You can look it up for yourself. And so this stuff is happening out there based on kids saying, well, I want to be whatever or "I'm, uh, I'm not getting my way with whatever. And the government, the supposedly Republican conservative government of the state of Indiana, will just walk in and take your kids from you
2: yes, absolutely. and And I think that we need to to look at this in its total circumstances here, um, how it was funded, where this is coming down from, this is being funded by the Department of Justice.
1: That's really important that this is coming from the federal government. This is not yes. an Indiana funding. you know, Indiana is obviously supporting it. Uh, mm-hmm. the Holcomb administration, Department of education they're they're supporting it uh jenner and the people over at the department of education are are behind it but Mm -hmm. the money is coming from the biden administration yes all right before we let you go we mentioned brownsburg people are hearing this now we said there's multiple school corporations it's growing by the year that are getting involved in the stop but app do we know some of the other school systems that are uh embracing this and using this uh for kids in their school corporation
2: Yes, this particular um, what I got into is a grant that came uh, through the Department of Justice, through the Central Indiana Education Service Center. And um, I have identified through this particular grant. Brownsworth is actually not a member of um, of that organization. But interestingly, there was a comment made at a school board meeting that that they were able to get a hold of that Um Price offer because one of the school districts did not take advantage of that. So,
1: so they 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 outed the, they they, out, they outed themselves that they're in on this. Then basically, yes, yeah yes. So, 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 so who else, who else do we know?
2: Uh, we have Avon, Carmel, Clark, Clark Pleasant, Danville, Franklin Community, Franklin Township, Greenfield. Uh, I'm sorry, Greenfield Central, Hamilton Southeastern, Perry Township, Plainfield, Zionsville, and then of course Brownsburg.
1: Okay, well, look, and again, we're all against bullying. We're all against suicide. You know, Kids, if they're having suicidal thoughts, we want them to get help. But if you're a parent, you really need to be up on this to form an opinion one way or another. You may learn all about it and say, hey, this is great, and I totally want it. But it's my understanding you don't have to allow your kid the ability to use this, correct? You as a parent have to opt into this. Um,
2: I, I cannot say that 100%, but I, 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 I do not know how they would – Force you to do it because it is your own property um i don't know if they have some a way to able to strong arm you into that but of course if it's a if it's a school-owned device uh you're probably locked into that
1: okay well if you've got a, a kid in one of those school districts learn about it learn about it maybe you like it you're a parent you're in charge that's great if you want your kid to, to have that that's fine that's on you but Kristen, man you do such great work reporting on these things. And we've used you many times. You're just a fabulous uh, resource. And we appreciate you doing the work that others can't or won't do to get us the information. It's the Stop It app. Is it spelled the way that it sounds? S-T-O-P-I-T? Yes. Uh,
2: The company's name is Stop It Solutions, and it is the Stop It app. And if you want to learn more about the concerns, you can go to appmicroscope.org.
1: Okay, Kristen Perklik, you're the best. Thank you so much for the information on the Stop It app.
2: Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All
1: right, that is going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for joining us, Kevin. Great job as always. Thanks to Casey as well. Outstanding week of radio broadcasting. You have a great, safe, and happy weekend. Stick around, Tony Cats Coming up next, you're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.